have a seat, have a seat, a couple of things I want to tell you about, and then I'm going to introduce our speaker for this evening. So I want to talk to you for just a minute about our upcoming new series that will be in the month of June. So yeah, y'all excited about that? Okay. Yeah, you're like, let's get past the vices. We're, we're, let's get past. Okay. Well, we're going to move into June, and we are going to do a series, and Miles Welch and I are going to tag team it, and we're going to do it, and it's called uh, You Asked For It. What that means is you get to decide what happens in that series. You get to decide the topics that we will cover and the questions that we will answer for the entirety of the month. So all, which is very scary. Can I just tell you that? Um, but here's what that means. The things that you wonder about or the things that you don't even know you wonder about, you just live every day um, trying to navigate. We want you to email us your questions, and we're going to compile all the questions and speak to the ones that are most asked. So, like, for example, this, just before we came in, somebody was talking to me about a very theological question about whether or not you can lose your salvation. That's a question. That's a big old question. I mean, maybe you have questions about sexuality, about purity, about relationships, about how to study the Bible, about how to have a prayer life, about what it, it doesn't, what, whatever you have, we want to hear them. So over the next couple of weeks, as we're gearing up for that series in June, whatever question you might have, we want you to email it. And I believe that the email address is on the paper that you got coming in, college at 12stone.com. And if you'll email us that question, again, we're going to pull them together. And then we're going to walk into June, and we're going to talk about the things that matter the most to you. All right? Um, second piece of that. Not only do we want to tackle the questions that mean the most to you, we also thought we might have a little bit of fun with it. All right? So maybe you asked for it means you'd like to see Miles do a belly dance. That's what I'm going to ask for, just for fun. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe you liked the pie so much, you're thinking, oh, you know what? I have another idea for some amazing food I would like, and I'm going to ask for this. So you asked for it can be any manner of things within a budget. But it can be any manner of things, not just the topic and the questions, but the fun and the creativity. So don't be shy. Email, email, email. The smart ones will lobby your friends to also email your question so that it becomes the one most asked. Also, real quick, seniors, if you did not come to our first-time guest tent and get a gift and a red bag and give us your information, we so want to connect with you. All of the seniors, when we're done tonight, you're going to go right out these doors and right across the hall, and we've got all kinds of stuff and fun things for you, and we want to be able to connect with you, so don't forget to do that tonight. Let me introduce our speaker. Are you ready? Oh, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready, get ready. I have this introduction for you, and you're coming up beforehand. I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. <laughs> we do this every day, so in case you're wondering. <laughs> he's a resident, but he's so much more. I have watched this guy over the weeks. Like, he has an, an intimacy with the Lord. Um, that is enviable. And he has a love for the Lord and a love for you that is true and that is real. And I believe, and I don't say this flippantly, and I don't say it without reason, I deeply believe 
that he is uniquely anointed of God. And that as he shares with you tonight, it's going to be good. <laughs> and as he shares with you tonight, I just want you to open your hearts and your minds and receive. And so he came up early, but we're going to do it again. Can we just get on our feet and give Alex Carney a hand? was way more than I expected. <laughs> How you guys doing tonight? Man, it's good to be here. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, worship was incredible, was it not? Can we just give it up for our worship team, leading us through worship every single week? And for Heather to like literally just, I don't know, spit fire at everybody and we were all like up on our chairs. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, if you don't know me, like Heather said, my name is Alex, and uh, I'm a resident here with our college ministry, and I've been here since last year uh, in June, and so it's so good to be here tonight. I love Thursdays, and we do have some special people in the house. We have all of our seniors across all of our campuses that are here, so can we just give it up for them? I love the fact you guys are all here. And uh, I really hope and pray that you guys feel a part of our C12 family, and uh, one of the kind of models that we have and we just say all the time is welcome home. It's the big sign that you see, but it's actually just kind of the very life and breath of our ministry. And so I just hope that you get connected. Whether you're going to be at GGC or UNG or you're going to be out of state and you're going to school elsewhere, I hope that C12 is just a place that you can call home. And uh, I would challenge people who have been here for a while. Uh, some of you were invited by somebody. Some of you, somebody welcomed you with open arms, and they invited you to C12. And so I would say what God did for you, do for them. Transitions are always hard. Transitions are messy. Uh, but this is a fun stage of life to be in, so I'm so glad that you guys are here. And tonight is going to be an awesome night. And over the past couple weeks, I know Heather and Miles have been uh, preaching the word. And hasn't, been, hasn't that been, like, really, really good? I mean, I hope that's been really good. I hope you guys are taking notes. Uh, and now I'm up here, so it's kind of a high bar to live up to. So I hope I don't suck. Okay. If I do suck, you can email me at kevin.myers at 12stone.com. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't write it down. <laughs> but hey, uh, man, this past week has been crazy, has it not? I mean, the last week, Heather brought the word on and started off our series on vice and virtue, and she kicked off with irresponsibility and responsibility. And wasn't that like a really, really good message? I mean, she delivered a fantastic message, and that was just an amazing, amazing time as a lot of people came up. And I know God was doing a lot of things, and I thought this whole past week has just been full of stuff. I mean, the, the Bachelorette started on Monday. We got any Bachelorette fans in the house? Okay, yeah, I watched it for the first time ever on Monday. I watched it for the first time ever. We're in like our, what, our 100th season, and I just started now. Better late than never, right? And, uh, well, so, I mean, the show, I, I didn't really know what it consisted of. And then, you know, there's some dude from Georgia, right, from Gainesville, Georgia. He's the guy who got up on top of the limo and started roaring. Uh, that was weird. That was really, I, I didn't really love that. And then, uh, who, who's the, who's the, uh, the, the, the math teacher? Brian? That's his name? <laughs> I got everybody, girls, like every girl's attention and Dave Carr. I got. <laughs> and Brian, the math teacher, why is it always the nice guys that get overlooked? It happens all the time. All, like, Brian, he's a nice guy, and then he got booted off. Put that in a sermon. Okay. <laughs> It's Bachelorette Star, but okay, in other news, uh, we got any sports fans in the house? Okay, a couple, okay. 
I didn't really know. I didn't know if you're part of the new generation, you know, esports, drone flying. Like, I didn't know what we were into. And so, uh, if you follow basketball, if you are really into basketball, according to ESPN, actually, there's a basketball player named Kristaps Porzingis who just got traded from the New York Knicks. And uh, there's fans in his home country that got so mad that they jumped him when he went back to his home country. They legit jumped him. And then on top of that, they were so mad. They took a chair and they beat him over the head. Like, how mad you got to be that he got traded? It's not even his own fault. And he got traded. I mean, I just hope that you're not one of those sports fans. And I hope that one day in the future, just don't be them. Don't be those UGA people that, like, flip cars or something. I don't know. (laughs) Too soon. Okay, in other news, in other news, Burger King started a new thing. Obviously, it's the month of May, so it's our Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, they're trying to do something. This is what they're doing. It's actually kind of a jab at McDonald's. (laughs) It's saying that no one is happy all the time, so we're going to create unhappy meals. They literally (laughs) have... It's so bad. Hashtag feel your way. What? You have literally have, you have five different boxes, and they all re- like resemble different emotions. You got, oh, you're sad? Here's the blue meal. Oh, you're mad? Here's the pissed meal. And then, oh, are you, are you bitter? Yeah, here's a salty meal. And this, and that, I don't even know that color. I should really know my colors. And then you have that yas meal. And then on top of that in the middle, you got the DGAF meal. And I feel like we can fill in the blanks on that one. <laughs> but what is it about this stuff? Like, why, like, it's, it's something that's so intriguing. Like, we get so invested into other people's lives and into other people's situations, and we love to talk about other things. Like, we love to talk about other people's life, and we, so, we get so invested into somebody else's situation. It's like we love to laugh about it, and you get so almost, like, caught up in it in conversation. It's like you'd really want to know, like, the current news on somebody else's life, but honestly, you kind of hate to know the current news on your own life. When we say in other news, I think what we really mean is in other gossip. You see, gossip is just current news on somebody else's life, is it not? Gossip is just current news on somebody else's life. And so what ends up happening is that in gossip, we focus all of our attention on somebody else. It takes up 90% of our conversation. You see, most talk nowadays is just gossip anyways. It's almost one of the hardest things to admit. Now, I think you can see where I'm going with this. And we have been in our series on vice and virtue. And like I said, Heather brought the word last week on irresponsibility and responsibility. And this week, we're going to talk about gossip and encouragement. Now, we could talk about a lot of vices and a lot of virtues, but I believe that gossip almost is so culturally acceptable that we come so like, immune to it. And we're going to hash out, and we could have talked about so many of them, but we believe these are the biggest and most important ones throughout this series, and it's our goal to replace cultural vices with biblical virtues. We want to replace what is almost so culturally acceptable, and let's cling to the biblical virtue in our day and age. So we're going to jump in. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Okay, good. Like, what are you supposed to say? No. (laughs) All right, so in order to jump into gossip, in order to really, I guess, pinpoint gossip, you have to be able to define gossip. Now, gossip, according to Oxford Dictionary, it's it's defined as this. It's casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people typically involving details which are not confirmed as true. 
You see, most of the time we think that gossip is only when we're speaking bad about somebody. It's only when it's behind their back and it's downgrading them. However, you know, and I think that sometimes when we view gossip that way and then we kind of brush it over, I think sometimes when we just say, oh, yeah, well, gossip, you know, just don't be a jerk. Or gossip, just don't say anything bad about other people behind their back. I think when we do that, what we really do is we brush it over and then we actually become so immune and we silence the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's almost so in, like endeavored into our conversation that we almost can't seem to get our way out of it. See, we live in a culture that doesn't tolerate gossip. We live in a culture that celebrates it. And we look at, our, look at the news, social media, sports, you name it. It is everywhere. Gossip is perhaps the most participated vice out of any of the vices that we could talk about. And the reason why we don't want to talk about it is because it always points back to you. Gossip always says more about you than the person or situation that you're even talking about. So gossip is not a middle school cafeteria problem or an Enneagram weakness. Gossip is a problem within our hearts. And we're going to dive into the book of Proverbs, and we're going to unpack what this is. So it's in Proverbs 26, verses 20 through 22. And it says, if y'all have Bibles, or if you don't have any Bibles, it'll be on the screen behind me. But it says, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. Now, what is a quarrel? Okay, a quarrel is a disagreement that you have between somebody else. It means that you have a dispute or that you have some sort of argument or some sort of separation. Have you ever met somebody who just loves to start like quarrels all the time? Like anywhere they go, they just bring their gossip and drama into every conversation. Have you ever met anybody who does that? And you know when they walk in the room and you're like, oh, yep, they're here. And they just bring their gossip everywhere they go. Like it could be their birthday and Christmas and they'd still be salty. And what ends up happening is that, oh, you, and then you start to say, oh, well, you know, how's your day? And they go, well, you know, work sucks. I hate my boss. We have this new girl named Sabrina, and she is extra. And then, you, and then on top of that, we just love to feed into other people's life, and we start to talk about them so much. Then you start to ask, oh, well, what do you think about her? Well, uh, to be honest, I don't know. Burger King's got these new real meals you could probably check out. You could probably take all five flavors if you wanted to. <laughs> and as I begin to kind of unpack gossip even more, I started to realize that sometimes it's so easy to point out in somebody else's life, but it's not even easy to point out in our own. Look at this next verse, verse 22. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Now, I want you to write down that word morsel because we're going to come back to that later on. Now, morsel was a small amount of food. And in that, in that context, in that culture, it probably would have resembled being a piece of bread. So a morsel was a piece of bread. And as I began to prepare for this, I was like, morsel's not really that bad. Like a morsel, it's just a small amount of food. Like it's not really that bad. What's really, I thought morsel was going to be like, I don't know, like the, the devil's lettuce or something. Like morsel had to be something terrible and it wasn't. And then I started to catch up on it because I was like, isn't that the point? Isn't gossip, doesn't it like not seem that bad? Doesn't gossip not seem that bad? But in gossip and in the words you use, it shows your character. And it goes down to almost the deepest parts of who you are. 
And so why do we do it? Well, I think it's so inviting to participate in because it's in a lot of our conversation. And so I'm gonna unpack, I think, two big reasons why we gossip. And here are the reasons I think that, that pertain to really why we choose to lean into gossip. So number one, I think, is to boost our ego. Like if you know the dirt on somebody else, then it almost makes you look better. It feeds your pride and it hides your character. See, boosting your character or boosting your ego is actually just hiding who you are. Because your connection with people is always about other people. For example, uh, before I came out here, I was actually in South Dakota where I was doing student ministry. And I was preaching at one of our locations. And there was one location that I wasn't like super familiar with. And uh, I was trying to play a game at the beginning of service to kind of ease people into it and to kind of ease myself into it. And so I started playing a game. Well, it turns out that it, it turned out to be a really bad coincidence because there was the amp that was on stage that was causing feedback. And it did that three or four times. It would just go off and it go. It would do that. And it was so obvious. Like it caused so much noise. And it was so distracting to me. It was so distracting to other people. And so I was just trying to play it off. And I was like, okay, not today, Satan. <laughs> well, it turned out, and I didn't know this. We had a blind girl at our student ministry. This is the part where people don't know if they should laugh or not. They were like, oh. When I said, not today, Satan, and then she heard those words, she started freaking out because she literally thought Satan was in the room. So she started putting her hands over her ears, and she started yelling in her chair, and she started screaming, and other students started to notice. I mean, I started, I like, I noticed it, but I didn't really know at the time what was going on. So, of course, I'm dumb, and I'm like, oh, the Lord's convicting her. The Lord's moving in her life, and I haven't even started. And what ended up happening, and I didn't know this till later, is that she literally thought Satan was in the room. And the crazy thing is, is that it really was a bad coincidence. And a lot of students and leaders talked about it for like weeks, if not months later. You know those people that just almost like have a story and then they just say the same joke and they say the same story over and over and over again. That when they say it, you're like, dude, it's not even funny anymore. That's what kept happening is that they kept saying the same coincidence, the same story over and over and over again. And what I noticed over time is that they were almost so invested into my life that they weren't even invested into their own. Like the way that they connected with other people was to keep talking about the same story. You see, for them, it was a way to hide and connect at the same time. That's what gossip is. It's a way to hide and connect at the same time. Because, and catch this, if you can connect about somebody else, then you can hide who you really are. If you can connect about somebody else, then you can hide who you really are. But why do we do it? Because it boosts our ego. If you hide who you are because you try to find out the scoop and the deets on somebody else's life and somebody else's scenario because it makes you feel better. And the fact that you get to be on the in crowd of information that other people don't know. You see, money may be power in a lot of places in the world. But I think information is power in our culture. The more that you know, the more it almost leverages you socially. And the more that you feel like you have an in on somebody else that other people don't know. But look at this, next or the, going back to that passage. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. You see, we don't know our inmost parts because honestly, I think we're scared of what it consists of. 
we don't not want to really know what's in our heart because it points to who we are. You remember a couple of weeks ago when Miles laid this out? And he talked about, he laid out the heart analogy. This is a really good heart, by the way. I hope you can see it. And what ends up happening, and Miles talked about that in this heart analogy, he said all the things that have been done to you or about you, and you store up hurt, and you store up things, and they start to like just stew and stir within your heart. And then he said the question, how can you love the Lord your God with all of your heart if you don't even have access to all of it? I would tag on in the context of gossip, when it goes down to your inmost parts, how can you love the Lord with all of your heart if gossip sits at the very bottom of it? You see, gossip runs deep, and it runs deep in us. You see, gossip boosts your ego. And not only does that, but it's also the cause, and I think the reason why we gossip is because of broken relationships. You see, this one's ironic because it's the reason why it's happened, but it's also gossip is the reason why it still exists. You ever hear that phrase? Growing up, why don't you finish this? Sticks and stones may break my, bo- may break my bones, but... If you don't have anything nice to say, don't don't say it at all. I got that all the time as a kid because my mom would always say that to us. Me and my brother would verbally tear each other apart. We never physically fight, but we would just verbally go at each other. And I remember there are certain things that you don't say to cross the line. As soon as you say those things, oh, my gosh, I would go hard in conversation on you when you weren't in the room. For my brother, it was potty pager boy. For me, it was hearing aid boy. I grew up having a hearing aid. As soon as he called me a hearing aid boy, I couldn't wait till I got to school just to totally rat out my brother. He had a potty pager. And I would go and I just wait for people to ask me, oh, how's your day? I'd say, oh, yeah, good. You know, my brother has a potty pager. Yeah, he can't even go to the bathroom without a device telling him to do so. His bladder's like a McFlurry machine. It's always down. I was a mean kid. I was a mean kid. (laughs) You see, those phrases may have been funny to say maybe 10 years ago, but I think it's lost all truth today. I mean, that statement may have been fun to say, may have been fun to just repeat, but I think that so many people have been affected by what's been said to you or about you And I believe gossip is the number one reason or number one cause in broken relationships. I'm going to look at this next verse in Proverbs 16, 28. It says this, a perverse person stirs up conflict and the gossip separates close friends. Gossip separates close friends. You see, gossip destroys relationships. It destroys relationships in dating. It destroys relationships in your friends. It destroys relationships in your family. And once, what ends up happening in a dating relationship, when it goes south, what do we do? Oftentimes, we just, like, block them off of Facebook. We don't follow them on Instagram anymore. We block them on Snapchat. And what we really did is that we invited gossip in, which caused separation, instead of inviting God in, which would bring reconciliation. And a lot of the times we do that, not only in dating relationships, but we also do that within our friends, in our friend groups. That the people that were once like your homies, like your ride or die, your, I don't know, BFF, hashtag Wu-Tang Clan, if that's still a thing, I don't know. The one thing that you're, the people that you used to be best friends with, you're no longer best friends with. Probably because something was said to you or about you that wasn't true and gossip was the reason why it was separated. 
it's the same within our family. The very reason why there's so much family turmoil, why we get in so many fights with our parents, why, why we can't get along with our siblings is because of the fact of gossip. It destroys relationships. We gossip because of broken relationships, and it exists because of gossip. You see, and oftentimes I think as Christians, we love to pull the God card, and we love to talk about somebody, but then you kind of like, you know, pull the God card on it and turn it into a prayer request. <laughs> Aaron met somebody who like gossips about them, and then like somehow like looped it around to like a prayer request. I'm like, dude, man, did you hear about Dave? Yeah, dude, I heard like he was in like Athens, and he got smashed. Uh, he was with, like, his, uh, some other girl. I don't know if it was really his girlfriend. I don't think it was. But he all started smoking weed, and, you know, he, I think he got kicked out of his house. And, I, you know, I don't think things are going super well for him. I know he dropped out of school. But, yeah, I'm, I'm praying for him, though, man, you know. I, I really do. My heart's for him. I'm praying for him. <laughs> you, know, people, you ever know people that do that? They somehow take gossip and they turn it into a prayer request. What we're really doing is we're pulling the God card, but we're trying to cover up the fact that we're totally downgrading them. We're totally just gossiping about them. And oftentimes what happens is that gossip is others-focused in a negative way. And throughout this whole night, I just hope that you take away one thing about gossip. And it's the very fact that gossip, in essence, in its nature, it points to the very fact that in gossip, you don't want to reveal the truth about you that would heal you. So you reveal lies about others that destroy all of us. I'll say that again. You don't want to reveal the truth about you that would heal you, so you reveal lies about others that destroy all of us. You see how destructive gossip can be? See, gossip is a lose-lose-lose situation. The person hearing it loses, the person saying it loses, and the person it's about loses. No one wins in gossip except for Satan. Even in Genesis, Satan gossiped about God and spread rumors, spread lies. You can eat the fruit, it won't kill you. What happened? Sin entered the world. It caused separation between them and God. And it caused separation between them and each other. Because what did Adam do? He blamed Eve. Oh, it's Eve that you sent me. It's her fault. Gossip separates close friends. You see how destructive this can be? Especially in our day and age, with so much dysfunction relationally, we have to cling to restraint and encouragement. I believe the virtue is twofold. The vice was gossip, but the virtue is twofold. That it's restraint and it's encouragement. Restraint is just like another way of saying self-control. That you're not going to participate in gossip. You're going to withhold from it. And at the same time, you're going to have encouraging words that edify everybody. That build other people up. And that is the virtue that we should cling to as followers of Jesus. And I think that there's one question that you can use to shut down gossip. There's one question that you can use. Just simply say this, why are you telling me this? A lot of times I don't think we'd even know how to answer. Because we just start saying something about somebody else or another situation. And if you just say, why are you telling me this? I don't think we would know how to respond. Because they're neither a part of the problem or the solution, so it doesn't even concern them to be in the conversation. But a lot of times we like to get coffee with people and we just start, you know, sharing things about other people and we start calling people and texting people that are not even involved. And what ends up happening is that in those conversations, it justifies your emotions to make you feel right. But right is not the goal. Reconciliation is the goal. 
And a lot of times it destroys our relationships and we just love to talk about it because it just makes us feel better. She sucks. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> and it just makes us feel better. But do you know where it comes from? It comes from our inmost parts. And it a lot of times comes from hurt. See, you shouldn't talk to people that are neither a part or are not a part of the problem or the solution. And so in Matthew 18, it lays out this very thing. If you have a dispute with, between somebody, if you have an argument between somebody, something happened and you need to resolve conflict, you need to resolve the very gossip that happened, it says this. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. How did Jesus treat pagans and tax collectors? He loved them. He loved them. You see, the whole goal of restraint and the whole, goal, the whole goal of the removal of gossip is to talk to people, not about people. Talk to people, not about people. Did you know that gossip in Scripture is actually in the same sentence as murder and strife? It says that in Romans. They put it in the same context, the same sentence. You see how gossip can be so destructive? It's just not a bad character flaw. It's not just something that, oh, man, I messed up. Gossip really can run deep, and it can mess up our lives, and it can mess up our relationships. But if gossip is a lose-lose-lose situation, then encouragement is a win-win-win situation. The, the person it's about wins. <laughs> the person saying it wins, and the person hearing it wins. Everybody wins in gossip. You see, look at this. In Ephesians 4, verse 29 through 32, it says, Do not let any, un let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, bra brawling, and slander. Just another way of saying gossip. Along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. There are so much power to our words, and I'd rather use that power to edify somebody, to build somebody up, and to encourage somebody rather than to downgrade just to make myself feel better. Gossip really is just a selfish attitude. You see, a couple years ago, uh, when I was on my way back to I was flying from Oklahoma to Minnesota, and there was a guy that I connected with on the plane, and uh, we connected over the fact of how sketchy our plane was. Uh, everything rattled. Like, we could literally see loose bolts, like, on the wheels, like, outside. It was one of those planes that had, like, the propellers. Like, why is that a thing? This is not 1942. Like, I don't need a parachute. And what ended up happening, I, was, I literally, like, looked at my ticket, and I'm like, I, this has to be Frontier. Like, this is not Delta. And I... We connected, I connected with the person next to me because everybody else in the plane started freaking out. And as we're about to take off, I actually, that's the one moment in my life where I was like, I don't know if we're going to get up to 30,000 feet. 
Like, I really don't know, but I'm just thankful that I know Jesus. I hope everyone on the plane does. You know, I don't know. Do I like to do the salvation charge and like the descent? Like, what do you do in that moment? And people started like legit praying. Like, they were like the praying Peters. They had like their hands clenched on like the sides and they're like praying under their breath. They're, like, oh God, please. Oh God, please. And this guy connected, uh, this guy next to me like connected because uh, we started laughing. And I looked over. I don't even know why I said this, but I said, dude, I'm pretty sure our plane is made out of recycled bottles. <laughs> it's just who I am. And we start, and he started laughing, so we started laughing, and everybody else is, like, praying. <laughs> like, everyone else around us, there's, like, little kids crying. There's, like, this little girl who's, like, just screaming because she's terrified, and we're both in the back, like, laughing. Like, <laughs> like, it was, like, the best moment of our life. And we started to connect that way, and we started to talk about, hey, where are you from? What do you do? Where do you go to school? And uh, he started talking about, hey, man, what do you do? Like, you know, obviously you're going to, you know, this school for ministry. Like, what do you want to do? And I started sharing with him, and I started telling him about the place that I was at in right now. And actually the day before that plane ride, I had just gotten baptized. And so I started sharing with him about how I got baptized. And then he just started to open up, and he was like, dude, I have, I have not been at a place where I was at peace or content in my life. He said, I grew up in, in uh, going to Catholic school, and I had religion shoved down my face. I hated the church. And as we landed, I just got a chance to pray for him. And as I prayed for him, I was reminded, I was like, dude, God loves you so much. And as I prayed for him, tears just started to come. Because he said, man, you don't even know. I actually wasn't even supposed to be on this flight. I was out partying last night, and I missed my 6 a.m. flight this morning, and I was hungover. He's like, dude, I, it's just not a coincidence that you're here right next to me telling me how much God loves me. It was not a coincidence, but man, such a life-altering change for him. I'd rather have that effect than have the other effect. And sometimes when we use our words to downgrade other people and we say, well, dude, that dude's insecure, that girl's crazy, that whatever, Oftentimes, our words end up actually putting labels on people, and we don't even know. Sometimes we don't know the effect of gossip because we don't see that it, what really the power of our words and how it affected them. You say you may, you may not have the gift of evangelism, but you all have the ability to encourage somebody. Somebody you know, whether it's a friend or it's a family member, someone that you know at your school, somebody within your realm of friends that you know could use one encouraging word. And somebody just might be one encouraging word away from coming to know Jesus. From death to life really was just one word. A lot of people come to know faith because they just reminded the fact that God loves them so much. People come to faith because of the gospel that is preached, which is used by words to speak life into people. Somebody just might be one word away from coming to know Jesus, and I'd rather have it be an edifying word, an encouraging word, an uplifting word. And as I wrap up, and Grace, you can come up to the stage. I want to come up by coming back to that very passage that we started with. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. Remember how I said that word morsel was like a small amount of food? It was a piece of bread. Well, see, this same 
word for morsel that appeared in Proverbs came up again in the book of John during the Last Supper. And Jesus, this was an encounter with his disciples. This happens in John chapters 13, verse 26 through 30. And most interpreters believe to feel that Jesus was making his last appeal to Judas to change his mind to accept him. And when he gave Judas the morsel, it said that when he took it, in verse 27, it says that Satan entered him. What Jesus had intended for communion, which means remember me, Judas took it as betrayal and said, forget you. You see how deep this runs? Gossip is not just a bad character flaw. Gossip really is almost satanic in nature. And oftentimes I think that we talk about the hurt that's been done to us rather than talk about the hurt that put Jesus on the cross. We talk about the hurt that's always been done to us and we talk about the very thing that people said about us instead of talking about the hurt that put Jesus on the cross because Judas ratted him out for 30 pieces of silver. He gossiped about Jesus. Gossip is how sin came in and that's the very thing that put Jesus on the cross. And I know that life's hard. I know that things can get tricky. I know that things can get really, really complicated. I know that there's been hurt, there's been done, like there's been just wrongdoings that had happened to you. And during my time at Kingswood, which is a school that I went to, I remember I went through a season of bitterness and anger, and it all stemmed from gossip. And this was like three years of built up frustration and built up anger. And our enrollment counselor reached out to the school and she said, oh, hey, we're kind of wanting to know why our retention rate isn't as great as it should be because we have a lot of freshmen who, who come for, I mean, obviously for the first year, but they don't stick around for the next year. And so I just wanted to get to know your thoughts as students. And I had a lot of thoughts, not a lot of good ones, but they were a lot of thoughts. And what ended up happening was that I stepped into her office and keep in mind, I was so bitter and so angry bottled in for three years, sat at the bottom of my heart. And I said, I don't know why, but I hate you and I hate this place. And then it was awkward, because what do you do from there? Like, what do you, how do you transition the conversation? You see, it had so much an effect on me that I actually had to go to the hospital and I had to get hooked up with an EKG, which was a heart monitor, that my heart wasn't even beating right it would pause for several seconds. I'd wake up in the middle of the night thinking that I had a heart attack. I'd have people pray over me because I thought it was spiritual warfare. And it had such a toll on me spiritually. Gossip had such a toll on me spiritually that it affected me physically. And I remember going up, this was a couple of weeks after, I went up in front of the whole school and they asked me to do a prayer moment before the chapel service and I don't know if it was the right thing to do, if it was the wrong thing, but I did it anyways. And uh, what I thought would be a prayer moment was a confession moment. And I just said, I'm sorry. Sorry for the way that I treated people. I'm sorry for the way that I treated staff and faculty. Sorry for the way that I spread gossip and had built up bitterness and frustration. 
And in that moment, as I confessed, I felt the healing and restoration of God come down in my heart. And I saw other people crying that were out there because they were going through the same thing. They were battling with the same thing. That they too had gossip. They too had bitterness. They too had anger. They too had stuff that was built up and they never had a place to say it. And maybe for you tonight, there's a moment where you need to repent and to receive, just like I did. I had to repent, I had to confess about the very things that I did, the very things that I said about people. You see, I talked about people, I didn't talk to people. And because of that, it had such an effect on the relationships around me that I isolated myself. And what brought reconciliation was inviting God into the conversation. Gossip not only destroys relationships between other people, it destroys your own heart. And as I stood up and I just said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I said. I could just encounter the, the presence of God that you don't, that I just could not feel before. And maybe for you, you know that you said something wrong about somebody else and you know that you need to confess. You know that you need to repent because something that you said about somebody else actually had so much of an effect on them. But there's also people in this room that I think you just need to receive healing. You need to receive the healing that God can bring because somebody gossiped about you and it's probably the very reason why you left the church or maybe the very reason why the, the, your dating relationship didn't work out. Maybe the very reason why your family is in such turmoil and the reason why you're so affected and the reason why you're so emotionally torn is because you've been gossiped about. I think we can all agree that we have all participated in it and we have all been recipients of it. And so I'm gonna pray, and I'm just gonna pray specifically for two things. That you would, one, repent if that is something that has been within your conversation. You said something about somebody else that destroyed relationships. And I'm also gonna pray for the fact that you would receive healing, that God would restore something in you. And the very reason why you're angry and you're bitter and you're frustrated is because someone said something about you that just was not true. So I'm gonna invite you to stand as I pray. And we're gonna sing out a song that's called, God, I Look to You. And I want this moment just to be a moment where, obviously we don't have an altar up here. This is not something that we have, but if you need to come forward, we have leaders that would love to pray for you. We would have leaders that would love to pray over you, to pray for healing over a, a relationship or some sort of aspect in your life that was once damaged, for you to receive the healing that only God can bring. And maybe you just need to come forward because you just need to repent of the very thing that was so endeavored in your conversation. It's been a part of almost 90% of our talk. And so I wanna pray and I want you just to invite God into this moment. Maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's the very reason why you don't want to talk about it is because it really points at your heart and it reveals really who you are. So let's pray. God, we just thank you. God, we, we thank you for what you're doing with here in C12. And Father, right now, I just wanna pray for the two people, the two types of people in this room. 
God, that the people who may have just totally bashed somebody else, that have gossiped about somebody else, that has said something about somebody else that just was not true. And Father, I pray that we would just have a repentant heart in the midst of it. God, that we would just say, God, I'm sorry. And God, that your healing would come down in this moment. Father, I pray specifically for those who have been hurt by the church. I pray specifically for those who have been hurt by their parents. And because of the very fact that they heard somebody say something about them, it's carried on with them for years, and it's put a label on them. Instead of finding out their identity in Jesus, they start finding their identity in the gossip and the label that had put on their life. But God, I pray for them, Father, that they would not cling to those labels. They would not cling to those very things. But Father, that they would step into the very identity in the relationship that you have given them. And Father, I feel like there's people in the room who just have been so wounded emotionally that they don't even want to open up. But God, would you meet them where they're at? God, right here, right now, God, we beg of you for your presence to come. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.